Welcome to the Donnybrook Podcast. I'm your host, David. This is Amanda. Uh, this is John, and and do I get to introduce our our guest? We well, have a guest. Isn't this the best? Who do we have? That's a terrible rhyme. <laughs> didn't it? It was awful. <laughs> yes. It was awful. The, the, our guest is my wife, Melissa. Hi, and Melissa. Hello, everybody. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Are 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 you excited to be on your first? I mean, well, I guess you were on the like the spouse only Christmas edition a yeah, year barely. ago. I kind of ducked in and out and was played like a, puzzles on the side with the kids. Yeah, family potluck podcast. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, so I have to ask. I have to ask a quick question. Are are you feeling like this? You, are you coming to the table with a conversation? In mind, because we we kind of waver back and forth when we do these things. Sometimes we come to the table and we have very specific things that we want to talk about. Like usually Amanda comes angry about something that <laughs> needs to be resolved in the world. I, I, I like that characterization, John. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And, and David usually comes with random things to, to offer. And then I usually come with no plan whatsoever. So, I saw a movie this week. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, I actually did see a movie this week, which is the first time in this calendar year. And I think it's been almost 12 months since the last time. Let, let me guess. Let me I guess. slept in through the movie a movie theater? this week. You slept through a movie this yes, week. Yes, well, I did. But that's I, I did not sleep. I was actually at a me. movie theater. So I didn't sleep in public. In game. In game. <laughs> I guessed right. Nice job, John. <laughs> yep. So, okay. So I've heard it characterized as two hours of mediocre and 20 minutes of epic. I actually think it's longer than that, although maybe that's just a skewed memory because it seemed like I was in that seat for a long time. Longer than two hours and 20 minutes? I, I don't know. Maybe that was a long movie. Okay. It was it's, very the long. Movie, the movie is three hours and one minute. Oh, but, my but Okay, so it's yeah, it was... Ten Commandments. But, Amanda... <laughs> it's been her. But, Amanda, did you see the pre... The, the the movie before Infinity War. No. Okay. So wait 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 wait. Back so up. Back even further. Back up even further. I got a free ticket. How many of the okay. Avengers films have you seen? Like um, I I thought about it. Uh, no, not that many. I've seen three. Okay. I've seen both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Okay. And I um also saw uh Thor Ragnarok the last time I was stuck on an airplane for thirteen hours. Okay. Of all the Avenger movies, Thor Ragnarok is probably not the one to to sink your teeth well into. i didn't pick what the delta airlines was showing i just watched it yeah well and okay. it was fun I'm just saying yes it was kind of fun pretty yeah. silly but okay so but what i'm it's trying, a the point I'm trying to get movie. is of is course it was pretty silly <laughs> end game end game is not a movie to see on its own you have to, if I you was don't fine. if I'm you don't care about the characters you might see it as it was it was pretty clear which silly? characters I was supposed to care about. <laughs> I mean, they they signaled that pretty dramatically. Sure, yeah, but did like, you care about them? Well, as much as I could care about anybody. Yeah, see, in a that's movie. the point. So, <laughs> I I was I, I loved what they did with Thor. <laughs> that was pretty, that, that, that was that was very happy. Pretty great. Pretty great. Okay. Okay. So so I I went to see it really late. I saw it at ten o'clock, and I was worried that I would you know be falling asleep didn't even think about it until the end of the movie and wait realized, wait you went t- at 10 that means you got out at one yes i, I went didn't at even seven and it. got out at 10 and thought i was i <laughs> stayed up really late on a yeah. friday night yeah <laughs> so david really you enjoyed late. all three hours and one minute of it i did i loved it and really like 
I'd never even thought about that I was sitting in the seat or how long it was taking until I did you have to go pee at up. any point three hours is a long time to no, sit you back. have to you have to game plan this like you have to be real <laughs> careful and real talk she's gonna be fine folks nice. ladies and gentlemen she's we've gonna, got it you know this this a uh, couple of weeks ago for my sermon prep I actually came across uh Marvel uh Marvel trivia um Stan Lee was interviewed last year right or well he would they were doing like memorials for him because he passed away last year and one of the interviews I heard was um, they asked him about why is it that superheroes always have these costumes that are just outlandish and spandex and colorful and he's like the truth is when I created the Fantastic Four which is the first major character group that he introduced into the Marvel universe is that the proper terminology yes it is okay thank you nerd and so he said which is distinct from the marvel cinematic universe right that's the same thing okay okay the comic books and the okay comic books and the movies are not distinct properties maybe oh okay Uh, immaterial so anyway anyway, he basically said that he when he created the fantastic four he actually wanted them to be quote-unquote normal and and so they sent out like preview um, illustrated copies to uh, to a test market, and the the reviews came back very positive. They said we love it, we'll buy it forever. The only thing you have to do is put them into crazy costumes, or else we're not interested. And he said, I don't know, I've never studied like the psychology of it, but for whatever reason, people are they expect their superheroes to be in costume, costume. and ex- extravagant costume, and. Now I use that to to like contrast the fact that Jesus is walking on the road to Emmaus and he's in disguise and he's just another dude. Right. And that is how often Jesus enters our life is he that is the superhero. Kind of, that kind of makes sense to me though, um, because okay, in my limited repertoire of TVs, TV shows and and movies that I've seen, yeah. um, like I really enjoy the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um series i know i know it's kind of got a cult following but i've never seen it yeah and one of the things that's really kind of funny about it is clearly she's a superhero but she's not a costumed superhero and so they um joss whedon kind of plays with that that tension between the you know the perception of her is she going to be received like a superhero yeah because she doesn't look like one Uh uh-huh uh-huh and so i think that's kind of a an interesting yeah very interesting tension. Yeah, that and and that definitely. Is, anyway, that's just that's off the topic. So you guys like the movie? Yes, I liked the movie. I I I thought that the narrative tension was very well done. That the story was resolved in um, an interesting and 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 a, a um and a narratively appropriate way. And what I mean by that is that the 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 cost that was paid for the success of the plan that was designed was an appropriate there was a balance there to the story where it was not um things weren't too easy and um and they weren't too difficult there was there seemed an appropriate balance between powers and um and necessity and and the the kinds of sacrifices that needed to be made that seemed very well done that's i i i totally agree with what you're saying and and to be vague, because I don't want to spoil the story for anybody, I was very worried about how they would uh, resolve it in a successful way without feeling, w- without making what happened feel cheap. 
right. in the in the, the well, previous it like, one. It seemed like and the the previous well, one ended on a dark, able, very dark note. Right, and they were able to pull it off. Right, just with some fabulous writing. And so I have not seen ideas. Infinity War or Endgame. I've seen a fair share of the uh, the Avengers films. I just haven't seen those yet. I think uh, I think Infinity War is on. Is it on Prime now? I'm not sure. I I've I heard it was on, on Netflix. Oh, I I'll see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see it. I mean, I, yeah. I'd like to see it before I see Endgame. But but in my mind, like the pragmatic reality is, they're going to have to kill some of these people off because Black Widow and Captain America can't have perfect abs forever, <laughs> and they're all getting yeah. on in here. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda and I are like yeah. grinning and laughing. <laughs> well, somebody doesn't have perfect abs. <laughs> Well, now yeah. you have to see it. And apparently, mm-hmm. I'm onto a joke that I didn't even know I was onto. So uh, yep. half, half of our of our audience is laughing knowingly, and the other half is is flinching because of, they're afraid of spoilers. Aha, aha. Go watch the movie, people. Yeah. Okay. Well, sounds good. So, so having said all that, did you come, Melissa, prepared, ready right. to rock and roll on your first ever? Did you come with a topic of, that just is searing? Well, I, I think that's that's far too pointed, John. You oh, actually, sorry. You need to you need to go just like we always do when we're introducing a topic. So, have you done anything interesting lately? Oh, thank you. That was a really good was that, segue. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, much, yeah, yeah. much smoother. <laughs> so, clunk, clunk. I yeah, <laughs> I had the privilege of volunteering for a conference this last weekend that I first attended with John, was it three years ago or four years ago? Three, I guess. So um, it's a conference that our longtime friend Michelle Batten has brought by simulcast to Boise yearly, I think now for five years, something like that. And it's the topic is reaching kids from hard places. So primarily looking to how to interact with kids who are coming from foster care situations or Mm. reaching the needs of adoptive families. Mm. And the research was done down at TCU by Dr. Karen Purvis and Dr. David Cross, I believe. And they developed a methodology uh, based on neuroscience and research over quite a period of time that they then eventually coined as TBRI or trust-based relational intervention. And the first time that John and I went to this conference, we went thinking, oh, you know, we're going to go and this will be helpful for us as we interact with other people's children. (laughs) And then we sat there for two days and we're like, oh my word, this is really helpful for not only us as parents, but us as processing our own selves and understanding some of the ways we see the world and so this year yeah, was, basically we came away going we have issues yeah but there's also like great answers to issues so this year listening again you know you get to hear some of the spe- same speakers some right. new speakers and I just came away with my brain full because the thing that really stood out to me this time was a conversation about attachment theories See, this stuff is all really exciting to me. Like, I'm like, yes. All right, tell me what attach- attachment theory. Hey, what are attachment theory? You're good, babe. We were just having a so, conversation about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know. 
it's you're you're safe here. This is right. Like you can nerd, nerd out about guys. something <laughs> yeah. more important than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I you know I wish I could stay awake for movies. We we watched <laughs> Stagecoach the other night, and as long as I was folding the laundry, I was great. But the moment I was done folding laundry and just was sitting there, I was asleep. I just like I just can't help it. So anyway, neuroscience works better for me. Um, I <laughs> nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's not pretentious. <laughs> not at all. Anyway, I you know the truth is is I know so little little about this. I just mm-hmm. know the skim of the surface of this topic, but it's so fascinating to me. So there's four main theories of attachment process theory. So obviously, you know, everybody wants to be a secure parent, parenting a secure child. Right. And so that would look like, and a need is expressed, the need is met, the child calms, they express a need the next time the need is met. Right. Blah, okay. blah, blah. Okay. So right and now, this- right now, immediately, we have all failed. Calm children is the is the goal. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, after after the need is because I spent enough time right, with right. our kids and your guys's kids. Wait a second. No, no, it's not. It's not. I'm feeling just targeted. Total here. calmness, but this process of a a body becoming dysregulated and then regulated. Oh, okay. Again. And I that see. this process gone through thousands of times, beginning with infancy, works its way into adults who know how to identify their needs have their needs met and meet the needs of those around them. This is secure right. lives. Okay. And also sounds so, wildly idealistic right. thinking about. So then you have yeah. three other categories. One is a dismissive parent. One is a disorganized parent. And one is an ambivalent parent. And interestingly, 80% of educators and people in the like care like counselors and those kinds of people land in the dismissive category which i highly identify with and so um dismissive is you have a child who expresses a need and you delay meeting the need or you decide the need doesn't need to be met because it's not a real parent who says is there blood this is totally me in fact i attended this conference all day (laughs) <laughs> I'm raising my hand over here. Yeah, David. Oh yeah, that's silent me. podcast hand raising. So I've been at this conference all day. We I rush home. We get ready to go to a wedding, and we're in the car on the way to the wedding. And of course, you know, somebody erupts into some sound in the back seat, and Ethan turns around and says. Is there blood? <laughs> I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me! Like, I have passed this on really well. So. So this is the parent who's who's willing to meet <clears throat> physical needs when they're dire, but mm-hmm. tends to skim over emotional needs and um, and to delay needs. And right. then also often is delaying those needs being met for themselves. Hmm. So point in case, day of the conference, I skipped breakfast and lunch because I had a lot to do. And had no energy left and over to watch a movie that had, night. Right. Maybe yeah. that's why I fall right. asleep in movies. But, <laughs> and so I think that was just a really, like it was an aha moment for me. We're like, oh, I totally dismiss needs. Mm-hmm. And that does not build security 
And mm-hmm. so that's so, helpful. So then give us the disorganized parent. So I mean, I so, assume that the ambivalent parent is somebody who is, that's the worst case where they're. Actually, I kind of gave them in the wrong order. So disorganized actually is the most chaotic. And usually oh, in that okay. situation, you're dealing with addictions that are keeping the parent from ever giving any kind of a predictable okay. response. Okay. Um, the ambivalent parent actually responds based on whether it meets a need in themselves. Right. So like narcissistic. Right. Type so parenting. if yeah. they right. have a need and, and helping that child child satisfies satisfies them then they're going to meet it but if they don't then they're not going to meet it and so so it seems like those two categories both are pretty dysfunctional categories uh so, ambivalent and disorganized yeah, yeah. the, the yes. um, ambivalent is the narcissistic one that's like the 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 crazy baseball parent yes who's, who's <laughs> are you coaching baseball sure. right now I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Have you had some parents yell at you for your calls oh, no. on the field? I'm just thinking about myself. You're just <laughs> thinking- <laughs> the parent that meets their child's needs in front of other people yes. because it satisfies their need yes. to be perceived as a good parent, exactly. but not in private because then... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Or or the one that wants their child to do well so they can live vicariously right, through their right. child being because successful. Because it's meeting a need in themselves. Yeah. yeah right. So they'll equip that child and enable them to be successful. And the scary thing is you start really thinking about these things and you do identify them in yourself. You right. identify them in the people around Elements you. Elements of them. And you're just like, ha ah. And, you know, so one of the cool things they brought up at some point is they're like, you know, we're all still becoming people. <laughs> so there we're, we're, you know, we're all still growing and that happens throughout our lives, which is encouraging. There's opportunity to grow and change, but really helpful to just think about, um, how, what, how were you treated? How were your needs treated as a child? And then, so that will be your natural way of responding to needs right. and people around you without something coming in and helping you reorient um and then how are you meeting needs of people around you how do you take care of your own needs and so anyway that was challenging and exciting to me to think about this weekend saturday saturday afternoon we were we're trying to go on a family bike ride and melissa's done with the conference and she's talking about and processing out loud through all of this stuff and as we're trying to get on the bikes to go um one of our kids comes up and says mom this this Helmet won't, this bike helmet doesn't work. It's not the right size. And I have to like bite my tongue because the words tumbling out of my mouth are, don't worry about it. It's fine. Tighten the strap a little more. It'll stay on. This is how I do life. Like you just make it work, people. And and I realized in that moment, David's identifying very I'm like, strongly. I'm like, I have, yes. <laughs> I have done this so many times. It's my default position. And so I stopped and I said, Okay, show me what the problem is. And and so they did. And it was it was a problem. Like the mm-hmm. bike helmet doesn't fit anymore. And so then we actually John and I went to Costco later that evening and he said, "Oh, look, there's bike helmets here." And then again, my first response is like, "Oh no, surely we could like delay this till when? Like when do I want to delay it to? Why do I need right. to delay it? It's just right. it's just my default position." And so instead, we got three bike helmets, which is really what we needed, brought them home. And then the kids are like, oh my goodness, you got them today. That's so amazing. And I thought, I have to do this like 500,000 more times in order to create security. Right. Uh, so, so Melissa, I'd like to go see Endgame tonight after we leave. Uh, yeah. after this is podcast. <laughs> yes. So. I believe there is a 10 o'clock uh, showing. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, so, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, so I'm just um, 
this is just the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and I just want to hear you talk about how you process these kinds of things, because it sounds like it, that you're like very excited about this revelation. But is it just me or is it just really overwhelming sometimes to have that insight into a pattern and feel that sense that it's this has been going on for however and and I didn't really want to know because now I know how wrong I've been and and to see it even in how I view God right I realized on Sunday morning, you know, because my brain's just in that cycle of processing this, I thought, oh my goodness, this is also my perception of God. I anticipate that he will be dismissive to That's not a real problem, Melissa. Why Mm -hmm. are you praying about it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I expect that he wants me to obey him. He wants me to move to serve him. But that if I actually have emotions or concerns or doubts or needs about something that kind of he he sets those to the right. side and I just need to push through. Right. And so yes, it's a lot easier to to not think about these things in a sense. Right. But also so helpful mm-hmm. to be able to have new thoughts of ways of approaching relationships. Mm-hmm. Well I think too you with things like that where you where you become aware of your own issues sometimes sometimes you, sometimes the way you learn about those kinds of things is through a really trying experience where you're like oh, oh yeah. i really <laughs> you just pointed out the fact that i suck and i really yeah. do suck and sometimes it's helpful when you can just go oh in a in in a quiet moment or in a reflective time and go this is a problem right i need to address and i had one of these one of these episodes here recently where I I overstepped some boundaries on social media and the person called me out on it. And even though I don't agree with what they posted on the social media platform, the way I interacted with them was inappropriate. And in those moments, you realize, I have my own issues. I wish I would have. So then today I'm listening to a podcast and it's talking about exactly that issue. Like how you engage with the outrage culture is really important. And I responded to what I found to be an outrageous article with outrage. And that was jarring for me. So on the one hand, it is hard to look at yourself and go, Mm -hmm. oh, you look in that mirror and you go, oh, that's ugly. I wish I didn't have that pimple. But it's way worse to be walking around in public with a great big huge mm-hmm. pimple and have somebody point mm-hmm. it at your point at it <laughs> right. and go, "Your pimple is ugly," and just so you can address it and 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 private. I don't know. Well, How do you I feel about that, parents, We we see things in our kids that we think, "Why is this happening?" Right, and then you're like, "Oh, that's well, who, do, why. who have they spent most yeah, of their life around?" Exactly. <laughs> and so. Even though it's hard to look those things in the face, mm-hmm. in I think in the long run, it's harder to not look them in the oh, face. Absolutely. And it's, it's good to be able to say, okay, so here's some reasons why this person is responding this way. Mm-hmm. Not to just heap all of it on yourself, but to say, I've played a role in mm-hmm. the formation of this. And to be able to stand back and say, I can also play a role in deforming it or reforming it. Right. Um, and, and seeing that go a new direction. So... 
So, David, the good news is she's going to be coming by your house and helping you and Mary Beth parent your children. Oh, right. And, no. Uh, so, yeah. Not so no more dismissive parenting style. <laughs> That's right. She's going to be taking well, she's got, notes. You've got it all figured out. You've been oh, to a absolutely. conference. You're yeah. an expert now. Yeah, I, everything. That's, <laughs> I, I used to say that we had five kids because I was a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's funny on several levels. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you, Randy. Yeah, that's, Thank you. that was just recorded, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, here comes that ease e tag. <laughs> it can't be as bad as our last episode. Nope, not nope, 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 not yet. <laughs> nope, not there yet. We got a ways to go. Uh huh. Yep. So, I don't know, David. What what other interesting things are going on? See, see here's the awkward segue. Clunk, 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 clunk. Well, I am getting ready. I have my um. So I, I run a company, and um, all of my employees are remote. So I've never met any of them and they're all coming to town next week and we're going away together for a week, all the employees and I, for a week-long retreat. So, I so want to. Now, I Like the junior hire in me wants to show up <laughs> and like, booby trap the <laughs> hotel room. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> throw... throw um, Toilet paper everywhere. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you say for a whole Saran week? wrap the yeah. toilet. Saran so wrap the toilets, yeah. We have yeah. A, an Airbnb, and we're going to be all at a house together working and, and hanging out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So how many people is this? So there's six six of us. Okay. Yeah. So That's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be Do you really have fun. some team building things planned? Or um, we're going to go for a hike and... and Trust falls. Yeah, totally. Definitely doing trust falls. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, but no, we're going to go for a hike. Paraglide. And, and, um, <laughs> Bungee jump. You know, I was thinking, hey, it'd be fun to, dive. to go do um, like, um, uh, uh, what, what is the uh, up in Garden Valley? There's a um, zipline. Zip line. Yeah, I want to zip do a zipline. Zip they they your, also have a road course up there too. But like three of them are totally afraid of heights. So that's not really going to oh. fly. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, when you really, I mean, when you go through fear or experience, you know, a lot of adrenaline, that's when you bond. So surprise, Surprise. zipline. I'm your boss. You have to do it. (laughs) And are you fixing all the meals? So we're going to. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, we're going to we're going to eat together. Uh, We'll go out a few times, but yeah, we're going to make food together. Okay. You're making your famous garlic toast, right? With all the butter. I actually. I hadn't thought about the garlic toast. You have I got might, to make your but, famous garlic toast. But I hope none of them listen to the podcast because I am planning on doing <laughs> a um, uh, uh, stuffed potatoes. Oh, I was oh, going to say yeah. that twice, twice, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. twice baked yep. potatoes. Do you have any odd or unusual... I guess it's not even odd anymore that people would be vegan oh, or... Right. Gluten-free. Gluten-free. Or... I mean, it seems like there's... Well, so so the kind of the joke is that, that on the... Like on the team, everyone's kind of really a bad influence on each other about eating badly. Oh, really? Oh, so the the (laughs) buckets uh, of ice cream kind of thing? Right, exactly. Although um, one of them was really on a on a real health kick and a couple of them were trying to do diets, but I don't think any of that's going to be happening next week. (laughs) (laughs) I think we'll get some ice cream. Party, party. Yeah, Yeah. Very fun. So yeah. So anyway, we're I'm real excited about it and have some surprises for them and i don't know i'm looking forward to it should be should be lots of fun that's fun. although poor my wife who has to watch all the kids at home oh i was gonna say are you taking all five kids with you now that would be no, a that different would be a bonding <laughs> exercise yeah <laughs> be a different surprise yeah. 
Each employee gets assigned one Hollander child to <laughs> to keep track of. <laughs> that would be a team building experience. <laughs> you, get to, you get to level up. <laughs> Let's see what kind of agility you have. <laughs> Take care of this kid and work. Hey, welcome to my world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You'll appreciate me so much more after this week. <laughs> So does Mary Beth get to like sneak up there for a day at all or? No. um, Not this time. Okay. Not this time. Nope. Nope. We were hoping to, um, we we were hoping that, um, uh, her, her mom would be able to come, but nope, she's, she's got some other things planned. So she'll be, she'll be, uh, power momming it this week. (laughs) So yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to here. Getting all prepped for that. Um, well, I, w- yeah. I wanted to ask John. So um, Melissa shared about this conference and the sort of the learning process there, but you've also been kind of excited about your own learning process. I well, so I've been reading about, or I've been I've been studying or looking into the Enneagram a little bit. And the first time I heard about the Enneagram, I, I, I so it rhymes with pentagram. So automatically, definitely sounds, satanic. Yeah, it yeah. sounds bad um, on first impression. Um, well, we're all children of the late '80s and '90s when you know the, Ouija boards the, were like oh, a thing, yeah. and Carmen came Dungeons out with and all Dragons of those. Was, yeah, yep. was getting kids. Carmen yep. killed oh, Satan with a gun invitation. on a showdown, and then right. he killed him another way with a with a trombone or something like something. that. Yeah, yeah. So, oh my goodness, Carmen, that's a. Yep, that's been a Carmen while. Carmen is the ageless one. Really? I think I, I think Carmen was actually 70 years old in the 80s and just Botoxed <laughs> to the... To so the, he still looks pretty young is what you're saying? Yes, yes. All right, he, I, gotta, I gotta Google this. You know what? There's the title for the podcast right there. Be like Carmen. Right. Um, well, maybe there was a different deal with the devil going down. Oh, boy. Anyway, so the... Uh, the Enneagram. So, and, and it's a personality typing system. And, you know, I've, I've enjoyed reading and looking into those over the years. I've done Strength Finders. I've done the Myers-Briggs um, and, and different, different variants of those things. And I found them helpful to a degree. The one about the four animals? Yes, the four animals. David is definitely an otter. No, a golden retriever. Yeah, that David that is a golden retriever. Obvious. Melissa is a beaver. I don't remember what the other animals are. There's like a lion. Otter is one and lion is one. A dismissive beaver. <laughs> That'd be a, like, like a good band name, the Dismissive Beavers. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that up. Um, and so I'd I'd read or heard about the Enneagram, and I'd read through it real quick with a brief description, and I was kind of like, well, maybe I'm this one, or maybe I'm that one. I don't really see where I fall into this whole thing. And then, um, and this was a couple years ago. And then I overheard, I heard a podcast with a musician talking about, um, he was just being interviewed. He was talking about um, how he would, how he and his wife would have arguments and disagreements. And as he was talking, he's like, well, she's an Enneagram nine. And so when this and this and this happens, you know, then we, she responds this way. And as he described it, I was like, that sounds like how 
I feel or how I respond when Melissa and I are having. But we never argue, so don't have an argument. Read anything into this. Well, because you're so dismissive that there <laughs> is no need for meeting my needs. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, so one thing. So the personality I have is called. It, I, it actually says is passive aggressive, which I think is what I just demonstrated right there. Um, so uh, master class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so um, I so I read about it, and it, he just called the Enneagram 9 and I didn't know like they all have these little nicknames and whatnot and I hate the nickname but it's called the Peacemaker um, is often the nickname assigned to the Enneagram 9 and it's just been very interesting and and the value that I've found with it has been that uh, has you know there's definitely descriptions of like these are your tendencies and these are your strengths but it's been in the area of to Melissa's point earlier um, of, of weakness and what are the areas that you struggle with so um, according to the, the the way the Enneagram lays itself out, it says there are three personalities that struggle with anger. Um, that's the way they respond emotionally. Two of the personalities, when they respond angrily, they resp- respond very loudly and very um, directly. But the Enneagram 9, because the goal is to kind of keep the peace and keep things kind of more or less generous and happy and flowing, um, they tend to stuff it. And so when they blow, they really, really blow. And Melissa has wondered, you were about to say something. Well, I just, and then to what I was saying earlier, if my response to emotion is to dismiss it, Mm -hmm. then when he really gets to that point of being upset, I'm kind of like, really? Are you kidding me right now? Like this doesn't need to be that big of a deal. Right. And and probably alone by itself, it probably doesn't. But in the context of... Yeah, all it's of the, the straw that, that breaks got, the yeah. exactly. It still needs back. to be right considered. What's going on here and yeah. what's yeah. So yeah, so I've just found it super helpful. Like just just in that area alone, one of the things that um, that as I've been reading and listening, one of the things that was said about it was uh, you'll never be good at dealing with controversy or um, uh, an angry situation in the moment, and so you have to get ahead of it. So if you're, you're feeling yourself get frustrated, you're feeling yourself get uncomfortable, you go ahead and name that before you get to the point where you're just ready to break. And so if you're feeling like my, my face gets red when I get upset, if you're, my face is getting red, I can go ahead and start giving voice to some of those, those frustrations. Like I am really not pleased with the direction of this mm-hmm. conversation. We need to reset. I need to take a time out. Like those kinds of, just those kinds of words. It gave me language right. to describe. So I don't know. It, it's definitely something that, um, that I have found helpful um, in just a couple of weeks that I've been looking. So, so I think, I think you, Amanda, you know, you, you're pretty confident you're an Enneagram four, right? Right. Just, and I haven't read the book or anything. I've just read the, the description right. that's available online and it was the, Kind of recognition that's not pleasant. I'm like, oh, that's me, and I don't really like that kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. I think kind of thing. I think that sounds because I don't yeah. know all of them super well. I think you're probably an Enneagram four, which is yeah, which sounds about right. Um, the four is the sensitive, uh, introspective type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Yeah. Sometimes called no. like an individualist or the right. romantic, where they're yeah. very that like the world kind of has to kind of is out to get them, but is also like like really on the positive side is also like a really good, wonderful, right. unique 
beautiful place. And so, so like the basic fear is that they have no identity or personal significance. And the basic desire is to find themselves and their significance and to create an identity. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So read, I think Melissa's a one. We haven't actually delved into this too much. That's often called, I think that's often called the reformer. And this, they say that you're not supposed to do this. Guess other people's Enneagram, but I don't know Which enough about it. loves it. Yes. Yeah. Oh so my much. goodness. The first time he talked about it, he was like, so, super, so super the one excited is, about the, it. Yeah. is the rational idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled and dismissive. Perfectionist. And dismissive. <laughs> <laughs> and dismissive. Uh, type one in brief, basic fear of being corrupt, evil, defective and basic desire yeah, to be works. good, to have integrity and to be balanced yeah yeah so um i was having a conversation with my students the other day um and they just one of them brought up what was at the time seemed like a random question and i think it really was although somehow i think we connected it back to our larger conversation and it was this they'd seen a video of someone doing an experiment where they showed uh, uh, squares of different colors on a grid to um someone and had them identify the one that was light blue and not light green, mm. and then perform the same experiment with um, a, a tribe in Africa that had little contact with the Western world, and they couldn't distinguish, the, the, the tribal members couldn't distinguish which one was the light blue versus the light green. And so she said, well, she'd seen this, and she didn't understand what was going on with it, so she wondered if I could explain it to her. And so we were talking about how... Um, different um, people can have different numbers of cones in their eyes to perceive colors differently. Um, And the more you have, the more you can, the more finely you can perceive colors, Mm -hmm. but how a significant part of that is having the language to name colors. Mm -hmm. So there's a pretty significant gender difference between men and women in perceiving colors. And they attribute some of it to eye structure, Mm -hmm. but more of it to enculturation in, in very, very finely graded names for different colors. And that, um, there are color names that I would know are color names, but I don't know what color they're associated right, with. Right, exactly. but I've worn the nail polish or picked out the paint color for the house to distinguish eggshell versus mm-hmm. ecru versus mm-hmm. whatever. Right, so mauve. Well, yes, but that's not it. Oops, yeah, not a white, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, just, <laughs> I was naming I just white was throwing colors, in but, a random yeah, 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 color mauve name that I don't know. I just know chartreuse. It's a color. Yeah, right? I knew that was chartreuse, a color. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so we were talking about how... Is that a French word? Shot? Never mind. Yeah, it is. It's a monastery um, uh, in yeah. France, and the monks um, make a liqueur that is chartreuse. In co- That's where we get the name for the oh, color chartreuse. So it's kind of a... It's a really sharp, um, lemony, lime, green... Yeah, you are definitely right. a four. Okay. Yep. You're wonderful, man. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't... I, I'm not sure that it, your four was a criticism, but... No, it wasn't a... Okay. I wasn't a criticism. No, it's just great. To yeah. Love it that you know the that. fact that you knew so that. Wonderful. Yeah, it's great. I continue. Okay. Um, anyway, so then I, I moved the conversation. We, we'd been talking about a piece of literature that's actually very difficult to understand because the language is very unfamiliar. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, Edmund Spencer's Fairy Queen is very difficult to understand. Very difficult. Yes. So it's first of all, it's, you know, um, 420 years old. Second of all, he tried to make it as archaic 
as possible to make it sound as old as possible because Spencer was basically trying to do what later Tolkien would try to do, create like a, mm-hmm. a mythology of England. Uh-huh. Um, so he's trying to put it back in the past as far as he could. And so I was talking about the importance of trying... I was, okay, so we can connect this color conversation to the importance of really trying to understand Edmund Spencer because he's using words that we don't know. And the more words we have to describe things, the more specifically we can understand them. So when things like our emotional states, you know, one of the things they say about parenting kids is, is you're giving them language to describe their feelings. Um, and so the more fine-tuned your language is for your feelings, the more you can comprehend what it is and then process what it is and then move on from what it is. Mm-hmm. And the less language you have, the less nuanced your your understanding of your feelings, the less your ability to interact with them. So the personality tests, the, the language that it gives us for understanding who we are right. and how we operate, just having more words or mm-hmm. just having another framework. Yeah. Like I found... Um, the Myers-Briggs really helpful even though there are lots of arguments about whether it's legitimate or not scientific mm-hmm. or not right, right the language that it gives me to understand who I am and how I interact with the world I just find that kind of thing so helpful yeah I, I I've I, there were a number of times where I was listening through podcasts on this topic and I was sending Melissa like texts and I was saying this and this is true like this is because there are things that we have struggled with in relating to each other and and specifically in in like conversation like for example um i my my personality is a very empathetic personality so i am trying to understand the person who is speaking to me which is so great and and so i just very (laughs) i very naturally will soak into the conversation and the person and listen and listen and listen and so they can be talking 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 and i'm empathizing so deeply that in a sense i'm taking on a little bit of their personality and in the process give the impression that I'm agreeing with the things that they're saying. However, I'm not agreeing with the things that they're saying. I'm my own person. I'm a distinct person. And I'm just nodding my head because I'm I'm saying, yes, I agree with the fact that you think that mm-hmm. way. He affirms everything I say. And then I think that we've made decisions. And then I walk away. And then something else happens. And Because I'm like, you never bothered to ask what me. Is going my on? opinion, I just <laughs> empathize with yours. He just made a decision about everything that I thought was great. <laughs> so, John and Melissa, on the marriage show yeah, today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lucky David and lucky me. We don't have our spouses here to <laughs> right. get <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah, so it's been very, very helpful. I mean, and, and that literally was the conversation that Melissa and I had when I played that part for her because a therapist who who is an Enneagram 9 was talking about it and he was saying he said this very thing happened between him and his his wife where they were where he was listening and she was like great this was so helpful and he went away like yeah helpful for you like this is there but there's no you know so this is this has been this has been a good way to have that that conversation and then in and then likewise to recognize that that's a weakness on my part. Like I can't just empathize, 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 empathize. Right. And, and then never, never express. Initiate, uh-huh. initiate the conversation about what you think. Now telling me when he doesn't agree with me. And now you're like, wait a minute. Wait a second. The can, last can, 16 can, years have been a lie. Can we go back? Yeah. <laughs> I want you to agree with me again. Yeah. <laughs> a smile nod. Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> 
I got so distracted. I was I was reading about the number ones, and it says you know like who who these famous number ones are, and it's like Pope John Paul II and Jimmy Carter and Michelle Obama, and then there's Doctor Jack Kevorkian and Obama. Osama bin Laden. Well, so this is number one. one. So, well, because because an un, they would be ones in the sense that they're idealist, idealistic, and they're and they driven by principle, the right and they thing. want to do the right, right thing. So Kevorkian really believes that killing people at the end of their life is the right thing. Osama bin Laden really thought that flying planes into killing uh, the infidel, in, killing is the infidel, the right was the legitimately right thing. Yeah. So this so very they're terrifying. Well, it, it, it's, John Paul II. A very good man. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, what about David? Well, you're not supposed to guess well, what people... Well, I know, but, but, you, but if we've I, already done that. He, yes, he guessed so me as a four. Exactly. No, no, you said yourself I, was a four. I am agreeing you with your guess. You guessed that so, I was a four before I ever said okay, it, Okay, fine. I, well, We're I going right. back to a conversation. A so I was right. So what do you think, David? Yeah. So the number seven is the enthusiast. The busy, variety-seeking type. Spontaneous, versatile, acquisitive, and scattered. Uh, Do you the, identify with this? The basic fear is of being deprived. He dodged and in pain. the question. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm a seven. <laughs> uh, basic desire to be satisfied and content to have their needs fulfilled. Um, All the garlic toast you could ever need. Exactly. <laughs> um, looking chips. for interesting. Um, Joe Biden, Sarah Palin. Richard Branson. You're off to a rough start, bud. Ted Turner, <laughs> Elton John, Mick Jagger, Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears. This is a horrible list. Russell Brand, Sacha Baron Cohen, we didn't, Steven Spielberg. We didn't do a list of nines and fours. Yeah, what now are the I'm nines curious. and fours? Yeah, yeah. let's do Read. You have to be identified with Britney Spears, <laughs> with Britney Spears and Miley Spears and Cyrus. Russell Brand. All right, the number fours, we've got. Um, I'm terrified. Uh, Jackie Kennedy Onassis, At- Edgar Allan Poe. That makes oh. sense. Virginia oh. Woolf, Anne Frank. Um, Anne Frank was 12. Tennessee William, J.D. Yeah, Salinger, Anne Rice, Frida Kahlo. Adolf uh, Hitler. I don't have a unibrow. <laughs> Hank Williams, <Lee> Garland, <laughs> Miles Davis. Miles Leonard Davis Cohen. makes okay. total sense. Leonard no, Cohen I actually, I'm not sense. terrified anymore. Sarah McLaughlin, like Alanis Morris. I mean, Poe drank, po drank himself to death, but Amy you know, whatever. Amy Winehouse, Marlon Brando. Also died Amy. of substance abuse. I'm seeing a pattern here. Amy Jeremy Winehouse. Irons, Angelina Jolie, Kate Winslet. So the Nicholas interesting thing Cage. about the four versus the five is that the four tends to get caught up in their emotions and the five tends to get caught up in its mind and you were saying you were a four with a five wing yeah so you just you're just caught up is what i'm just I caught up <laughs> the, the, the the five wing i may is, have a clue to how uh why I, i've been so stressed out lately that there you have it yeah there's no outlet head. the five wing is the bohemian oh maybe it's the three wing then because the it was is, it was the is, i think you're a five the aristocrat i think i well i don't know now i'm because i it was I the aristocrat that I think she's a, I think the five, but I, I, I'd have to read the more bohemian. about the three. I don't the, think I'm a the bohemian. Type three oh, you totally are a bohemian. The, uh, the basic fear is of being worthless and the basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. And that is. You identify with that? Very strongly. What's the What's, basic fear of the five wing? I don't think it goes that deep. Depends okay. on what website you're on. Uh, what on does the, the nine the, sh- say? On the and five, the basic desire, uh, the basic fear is being useless, helpless, and incapable. And the basic desire is to be capable and competent of the five. 
Well, that's I. I would say that's somewhat true, but I think the worthless is more true. The three, you kind of yeah. What is the? Right, who are so the famous famous yeah. people for the, the nines? nines? Yeah, we, got we some need to know people here. Who, who are you, John? We've got Queen Elizabeth II. You know what? Back up. Start with the, just give awesome. the description. Oh yeah, give me so the, the description nine of the nine. Is, um, um, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. The peacemaker. The basic. See, I hate fear. the word complacent. I would. Uh, the, yeah, the, well, I hate a lot of my words yeah, too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're gonna go there. The the basic fear is of loss and separation. The basic desire is to have inner stability and peace of mind. See, I think when I read the first time through and I read those two things, I those those are so vague in they nature. Could they could anybody. be almost anything. And so I was like, I don't even know what that means. The so. the eight wing is a dreamer and the one wing or no, it's the referee and the one wing is the dreamer. So if we're talking about the um, yeah famous people, the famous people, we have a lot of like leaders: Queen Elizabeth II, Princess Grace of Monaco. Uh, Th- these are leaders who were never, born into yeah, their positions. Yeah, that mind. doesn't count. I, I, Princess I Grace was not born. Uh, Claude she Monet, in. Norman Rockwell, Abraham Lincoln, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, George W. Bush, John F. Kennedy, Barack Obama, Colin Powell, Walter <laughs> Cronkite. No, he was a one. Oh, uh, really? Walter Cronkite, Carl Jung. Carl Rogers, Joseph Campbell, Walt Disney, Jim Henson, Garrison Keillor, Gloria, Gloria Steinem, Tony Bennett, Ringo <laughs> Starr, Carlos Santana, Janet At least Jackson, I got a beetle out of the deal. Yeah, right? George Lucas, Ron Howard, Jimmy Stewart, Audrey Hepburn, uh, Kevin Jimmy Costner, and Audrey. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. right. Whoopi Goldberg. It's a good list. Oh, dear. Just went down real quick. (laughs) We had to fall off a cliff sometimes. (laughs) Fell way off the cliff. Oh, Zoe Dashnell. This is a good question. If you had to be compared to one person, would you prefer Miley Cyrus or Whoopi Goldberg? Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Miley Cyrus. That's a... That is a really interesting question. Sophie's choice. Wow. All right, Melissa... Well, Melissa got compared to who? Who was it? Yeah, Osama yeah, bin Laden and, and Dr. Kavorkian. I mean, people, come on! I don't want to be a one. Whatever. I got Amy Winehouse. So Amy Winehouse was awesome. I know she substance abuse to death. Oh my goodness! Yes, that too. Yep. All right. Well, that's her and Poe. Good... All these musical th- that music reference seems like a good place to wrap it. Don't you think? I think it, it probably was. does. So, John, what kind of um, music do you have for us to go? So, out I think here? I think tonight we need to go out to uh, the song uh, "Ready to Let Go" by Cage the Elephant. It's a good four enneagram name right there, Cage the <laughs> Elephant. <laughs> I mean, I know I put on a few pounds this year, but my goodness. Thanks a lot, John. Maybe I'm not a peacemaker. Well, this has been fun. Um, Thanks, Melissa, for being here. This is great. Lots of fun. It's really good to have you. Yeah. All righty. Well, thanks, everybody. We will see you next time. And now, Cage the Elephant. (laughs) 